This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 233 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we observed as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. In this episode, like we traditionally have, we have four trends that we'll, we'll share, along with a recommended reading that goes with each of these trends. We end the episode by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. So Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends and sharing our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. Yes, uh, this is very similar to the last episode. Our first two trends had a very large number of articles that we flipped into our, ma our Flipboard magazine. Our second two trends had a significant number of articles flipped, but not nearly as many as the first two. I'm guessing that most people who've ever listened to our article, uh, to our, sorry, to our episodes and have picked up any publication that has to do with education and technology, um, they're probably going to be able to guess that the number one trend is, as it has been for the last number of yeah. episodes, artificial intelligence. I'm so shocked. Shocked. But <laughs> yeah, right. it ha again, yeah. it's evolving. You know, we, right. with, each, for sure. with each two-week period, we notice in each two-week increment, we see an evolution in terms of what the media is um, putting out about artificial intelligence. So in a lot of ways, this episode, because this also has to do with the second trend, this episode has a lot to do more with guardrails and guidelines, it's especially for these first two. That number one, artificial intelligence, literally one of the articles that we flipped use the term establishing guardrails for AI. But we also noticed articles talking about the incorporation of AI into a number of things. So we saw Slack is incorporating AI into its app. Uh, ChatGPT is shaking up the ed tech markets because there are a number of ed tech oriented um, products that ChatGPT is kind of encroaching upon in terms of what they're able to do. Uh, there are recommended AI tools to help academic research. Um, there's AI-driven feedback that improves teaching. This is at least uh, um, some research that shows that feedback provided by an, an artificially intelligent device uh, can actually help teachers learn how to teach better. We also saw articles that described multiple different ways student uses of AI tools. And one interesting article that was from the student point of view of saying don't assume that we're always going to do something nefarious uh, with AI. We're, we're learning how to use this. Good, re good recommendation for all of us. Um, the, in response to learning more about artificial intelligence in education, uh, Teach AI was recently launched and it was, the launch was reported in, in the media. It's a, uh, it's a joint activity I think the leaders in this were Code.org, ETS, ISTE, the Khan Academy, and the World Economic Forum. But there are a number of others who have also joined in and are supporting this. Uh, if, if, you, if any of you are interested in this, it's at teachai.org. And uh, when you get there, it should take you to um, 
a, a, a description page that allows you to also choose to sign up if you want to become part of either a resource or you want to gather more resources, because right now it's in its formative phase. Perhaps the most interesting that ha thing that has happened in the last two weeks, though, was the uh, founder of ChatGPT being interviewed by Congress uh, in the United States, agreeing with everyone that guidelines and guardrails need to be placed uh, around artificial intelligence because there is a potential for danger. And so what we're seeing is more and more of this, um, these kind of articles that are saying, uh, we really have to be careful with what we're doing. It's great that we're experimenting with it right now, but we do have to be careful not to, um, not to allow it to become a potential danger, it being artificial intelligence. So our recommended read in this area is actually a case study of um, AI curriculum. It's called Building AI Literacy, What One District Has Learned by Allison Klein for EdWeek. And once again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anyone's names. This is uh, a case study of the Georgia Gwinnett County Public Schools AI-oriented curriculum. Uh, and what the, this case study is describing is how they have been, over the past few years, they've been incorporating concepts of AI into a number of different content areas for discussion with their students. So uh, this is both a, um, a description of what they have done and a reflection on how it might be used in other situations. Our number two trend is social media concerns. Social media concerns, that is issues that have been brought up about the use of social media by students uh, and young people. And in some cases, it's just actually security issues by for uh, some social media platforms as they are used by everyone, uh, adults as well as young people. So we saw an article describing social media and teen depression and anxiety. This is research that reports on greater teen depression and anxiety among people who make greater use of social media. We saw U.S. senators promoting bans on social media for kids. We saw Congress, U.S. Congress, exploring new rules for technology that included TikTok, uh, children and social media, ensuring privacy, a number of different issues. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission concluded that Facebook misled parents and failed to protect young people's privacy. Recently, I think it's just within, as we are recording this, it was just within the last day or so that Montana, the state of Montana, has banned TikTok. It's the first U.S. state to actually ban the app. Um, that means, it doesn't mean that it can't be used in Montana. It means that it can't be sold in Montana. So the, 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 um, the U.S. Uh, will go after, or the state of Montana will go after anyone who tries to sell the app within its state. Um, YouTube, this was disturbing. I must admit personally that I found this disturbing. The Tech Transparency Project um, recently reported that as the results of its research on YouTube and the recommendations made to young people based on uh, what they like and what they've watched. Um, what they discovered, especially for young boys, they discovered that YouTube was actually recommending highly dangerous uh, videos of um, mass shootings, 
of, uh, in some cases, how-tos on how to conduct something like a, a, a mass shooting situation. And um, many of the, these, according to the Transparency Project, many of the videos that are being recommended actually are against YouTube's own policy on what's allowed to be on YouTube. So that is not to minimize the other critically important things that we've just discussed about social media. But this one seems just downright overtly just dangerous, like physically dangerous. So anyway, our point here is that there are a lot of concerns about the use of social media. Our recommended read in this area is American Psychological Association Issues Advisory for Teens and Social Media by Sonny Saltzman for ABC News. The American Psychological Association, also more commonly referred to as the APA, is a go-to association typically for psychology issues and for edu educational psychology issues. And they've issued this advisory. It's the first time they've ever done something like this. They're not saying they're not condemning all so use of all social media. They're just suggesting here what the potential pitfalls are. Here's some suggestions for using it well. Uh, number three and four in our trends this past two weeks are significantly lower in terms of articles flipped. But there, as we mentioned before, there were significant numbers of articles flipped about software and hardware. Uh, Epson released a new wireless document camera, which I got to admit I became enamored of as soon as I read it. I don't know how well it works, but it looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because it's a wireless camera, I should explain. Uh, yeah. Because it's a wireless camera, it means that if you're in a classroom with it, you're no longer tethered literally to one computer with the wireless document camera. You can take it around the classroom and use it to show other people's work at their stations as opposed to having them having to move the work. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, interactive whiteboards were also reviewed. Uh, a class management tool for students called Subjects is now available for iPad, which got a very good review about uh, organizing a student's um, uh, various activities. Uh, recommended read in this area is Six Tools and Apps to Foster Student Creativity by Eric Ofgang for Tech and Learning. Um, you and I were talking about this earlier, Tim. It's a good list of, of apps for student creativity. So um, we hope it's, it's useful for people, but we found it useful. Number four, Again, fewer articles than the top two, but still significant instructional design and teaching overall. We saw uh, an article on designing collaborative online professional development, article on digital accessibility, an interesting article on refining the SAMR model to focus on creation instead of consumption of digital media. So innovative approaches to science lab experiences for online students. This was uh, spearheaded by Arizona State University. And we saw an article on gamification and learner motivation, as well as lessons learned from online learning, especially online learning over the past few years as it has sort of blossomed and developed because of the needs that arose during the pandemic. Recommended read in this area is actually more of a curricular discussion than it is a specific ID or teaching. I guess we, we're putting it here because it has to do with designing instruction and teaching overall but it's really a larger issue. The article uh, is called Want a Good Job by Age 30? Skipping College Could Doom Your Chances by Amy Peachy for CBS News. 
This is based on an analysis from Georgetown University's Center for Education and the Workforce. And the conclusion drawn from that analysis was that uh, college education is still a very important thing to, to have. And I guess a college degree, proof of that college education, is an important thing to have if you want to extend, uh, if you want to begin and continue with the career of your choice. And so, um, well, those are our four trends and our four recommended readings, Tim. Thanks, Abby. Now we turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. Well, I mean, AI, well, I mean, that's, that's obvious. I feel like, I feel like I want to make a joke about turning the crystal ball over to an artificial yeah. intelligence system. And allowing <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe we'll do that. We'll do that for our next episode. We'll see. What AI <laughs> well, says. but we do, we, we yeah. highly expect that AI plenty is more of a AI. And as we mentioned earlier on, it's, it's evolved. It's evolving. The, yes. And so we'll see how, how that goes. Also, we, we believe we'll see more about social media and really about its impact. Um, yes. We talked about the concerns in this episode. We think that that will, that will continue for sure. Very much so. We, we have one we're kind of thinking we, we're looking deep well, into the crystal ball and this one's I, I think this one's kind of out there but I, I we talked about it, it is kind of out there I think it's more of like our hope than it is more like, yes it's one of those moments where we're sort of wishing more than we are right. seeing in the crystal ball but based on what we just recommended in the uh, for the recommended read for mm -hmm. instructional design and teaching we're 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 hopeful that, that this will continue as a conversation and that there will be a continued conversation about the value of education in general, the value of specific degrees, and how we, as an education community, design curricula to meet people's needs. And of mm -hmm. course, that affects us heavily as educational technology uh, professionals, right. because we're often asked to design um, uh, educational experiences that are a bit different from traditional. Yeah. So uh, we, we, I guess the best we can say there is that we hope we, it, yeah. we may not see it clearly in the crystal right, exactly. ball, but we kind of hope that's what we're yeah. looking at. Yeah, we do indeed. So we have two that are pretty clear and one yeah. that's kind of hazy, but the problem is that the, the two that are pretty clear <laughs> dominate the, <laughs> the, 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 the horizon. That, that is for sure. Okay, well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 233. We want to thank uh, those of you who follow and view our Flipboard magazine, and of course, we'd like to thank those who are subscribers to our podcast. You can listen to past episodes of our podcast and find the links to the recommended readings that we discussed in this episode by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air June 7th. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright, Abby Brown and Tim Green.